Welcome to the Expansion Pack Podcast End of the Year Awards Extravaganza. We're going to go with Extravaganza. I like that word. I like that word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the awards show. Uh, We're going to give a little review 2021, talk about the games that uh, we enjoyed, some games we didn't really enjoy as much. Um, Yeah, we're just going to talk. Just going to talk about games like we always do. So. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm your host, Danzel, a.k.a. Black Ice, joined by my amazing co-host, as always, starting off with Manny, a.k.a. Goopmaster Flex. You're no stay gooping. Stay gooping, stay gooping. It's a lifestyle, right? And of course, we also got my boy down here, Mr. Uh, May 25th. What's going on, bro? How y'all doing? (laughs) You know, same shit, different toilet. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, did we just jump yeah. into the Brady Bunch? What is that? <laughs> Although I doubt they'd be saying shit on the Brady Bunch. Anyways. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't do that. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, like I said, you know, this is the this is the Game Awards, our, our own little Game Awards. We hope to make this kind of an annual thing to, uh, you know, <clears throat> give some recognition to some of the, the games and the studios that, you know, we've, we've enjoyed over the course of the year. Um, also, put a couple people on notice because, uh, you know, there's definitely couple things we need to talk about a little uh, a couple negatives that we have to talk about here so let's just jump right into it you know we're gonna go around the room um this is basically we're not gonna go through all the nominees and all that stuff we're just gonna give you straight out the awards who won um we all talked about it we all agreed upon the winners so there really won't be too much debate uh we we, we did the debate and you know beforehand so if y'all want to see that come back another time but we're gonna get right into it so First category we got here is uh, the most badass character of 2021. So uh, what we all agreed upon was that it was Cult Vaughn from uh, from Deathloop. So if you guys haven't played that game, um, first off, you're, you're slacking because that was definitely in the conversation for game of the year. Uh, Colt, Colt is a, a fun ass character, man. Like he's he's just kind of like just got a lot of swag. Um He's just kind of rough and like grizzly, but I don't know, man. He's just got a ton of really great one-liners in the game. And uh, for me, I, I I had to say that he was easily one of the best parts about playing Deathloop. And, you know, out of all the characters that we played in 2021, um, from Resident Evil, playing Master Chief, all those things, Cult was just a, a breath of fresh air, and he was just an absolutely badass character, so... Mm-hmm. Cold is definitely our pick for the game of the year, or for a badass character of the year. Sorry. Game of the year, <laughs> getting, getting way too ahead of ourselves here. He's getting his own game now, guys. <laughs> I mean, hey, he should. Cold the game. <laughs> All right, Manny, take it away with the next one. Life before the loop. <laughs> uh, but of course, next up in the category, we got the best ongoing game. Of course, what this means is, you know, the game that. It's basically stuck around from years on and kind of just, you know, stayed in the mainstream line. So um, I would say this award definitely goes to uh, Fortnite. Things that Fortnite has done, not only like the events in the game, but as well as making these like partnerships with other companies. Recently, we had Jordan be like one of the sponsors. Also, like a couple months back, we had the Ariana Grande concert. And as well as recently, um, uh, Chapter 3, um, the release was great. The event they had was dope. 
we seen The Rock, you know, doing his little meme stare. Um, that was, you know, a great experience as well. Um, and just like the way Fortnite handles everything, honestly, like, you know, it could have easily went to Warzone or Apex, but like Fortnite always like stayed on the radar and they always stuck to their thing, you know, listen to the fans pretty much. And, you know, not only is like they had, you know, battle rail mode, but of course they had the creative and like that itself creates a whole new community of people like doing things like, you know, build battles or like these little uh, death run. So, yeah, shout out to Fortnite for, you know, sticking to the formula and being successful for it with like everything they do. Word, word. Um, I'm going to derail this thing already, but did you just say (laughs) The Rock's meme stare? Did you just yeah. call the people's eyebrow a meme stare? I wasn't even gonna get him. You know I should. <laughs> you know I should. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. You won't say nothing. And you a wrestling fan? Like how you not? I'm not people... that much of a wrestling fan. Like Chris is. So I mean, like, I'm Chris not a wrestling probably... fan at all, and I know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. Yo, when you said the people's eyebrow, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh. It's called. <laughs> yeah, it's iconic. I'm not too good with names, but like, yo, shout out to The Rock, though. It's all yeah. about drive. It's about power. <laughs> yo, that song has me cringing so hard every time I hear it, bro. Like, oh, oh no, he didn't do that. Come on, bro. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Fortnite for sure. Gotta. Yeah, they deserve that one for sure. Yep, yep. All right, Chris. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so these uh, we kind of bunch these next two into one, and you'll understand why in a second. So, the next two categories, folks kids' game of the year, and then casual game of the year. I ain't even gonna beat around the bush. It takes two, it's gonna take two. You understand what I'm saying? They get both. Uh, reason being. Uh, when the XPP was sitting down talking about it, we had to come to the conclusion that uh, one, it's one of the most easily accessible games for people to just see and kind of want to dig into and do what they got to do. And then it also is something that we we know, you know a lot of kids are into this. We also knew how much it kind of changed certain aspects of gaming. Um, we gave it a lot of Marks for its individuality and creativity and how they went about a lot of that stuff. Absolutely, it, it deserves both. It deserves two. Kids game of the year and casual game of the year. For sure. Any objections from the from y'all gentlemen at all? Plus, there isn't because we already talked about it before the show. We already agreed. We already agreed. So, yeah, I mean, It Takes Two is an absolutely amazing game. You know, there's it's it's hard to object to that. Regardless, I think we were all kind of unanimous in the idea that it really was like a, one of the biggest casual games of the year. And, you know, it obviously qualified as a kids game as well. Um, you know, having having played it, I haven't finished it yet, but I haven't played it with my wife. I would definitely have to say, like, it's it's just a lot of fun. And it's it's like almost like couples therapy, like wrapped into a little video game. So uh, really cool. Really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So. The next category, um, it's kind of a kind of a weird one, but you know we, as some of these are, we made them all up, and you know they're interesting to talk about. I guess you could say so. The biggest risk 
of the year that led to a payoff, a, a, the biggest payoff. Um, so for that one, we had to go with Halo. Halo Infinite obviously had a very interesting 2020, uh, you know, when it, it was revealed, you know, that reveal didn't necessarily go very well and the game got pushed back. Um, you know, the, the fact that they pushed the game back to 2021 alone was a big risk. Um, obviously, it worked out very well because the game is getting extremely high marks. Uh, but there's just a lot of different aspects of the game, in my opinion, that 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 were risk in my, you know, um, the first off, obviously, like I mentioned, the, the fact the game got pushed back. The next thing is uh, they also took out certain staples, I guess you could say, of Halo. So like Forge didn't get released at launch. Campaign co-op mm-hmm. didn't get released at launch. And those are those are pretty big parts of Halo. So to not put those in there, definitely a big risk. Um, also the whole structure of the campaign, the fact that the game is entirely an open world, um, you're just on the Zeta Halo and you're just kind of left to your own devices in a similar fashion to, um, Breath of the Wild and, you know, uh, games of that nature. Uh, also the fact that they added in RPG elements to the game, big risk, and all of those things paid off well. Um, the, the, yeah. Honestly, I think the fact that there's no campaign co-op made for a more intimate experience playing the, the single player. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll love to go back and play with you guys when they get the, the campaign co-op in there in the fall or not fall, sorry, in the, the spring or summer, whenever they said they were going to release it. Mm-hmm. But the way the game is set up now, um, just being able to dive into that world just as chief yourself, you know, going in and, and uh, saving different Marines, going in and picking where it is that you want to go, um, picking the the armor components that you want to upgrade, whether it's your grapple shot and all those different things. I just feel like all of those things were very different for Halo, like first in the series, and they paid off really, really well. Um, unfortunately, mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but even the story, you know, the some of the places that they're taking the story, I, I just, I really appreciate and I, I'm definitely very, very fond of this game, so... Um, yeah. yeah, I can I can agree to that. Um, and another risk I do like that they did take was making it a free to play um, mm-hmm. because it could go both ways. You know, it's a free to play game, but it's like kind of half ass, but it actually isn't like they actually looks like, you know, took their time with the multiplayer. Um, and even though like right now uh, in this current state kind of is a little bit slim with the maps and like, you know, the game modes, but obviously eventually with time they will add more modes and everything like that but i mean overall like people seem to love it and actually i remember i seen like one of the statistics of like it being like the most played steam game of the year like and it was only been out for two months so it's uh definitely surprising to see that and of course uh like denzel said you know with them taking a year off them uh um, you know, focusing a lot on the graphic aspects because they could have just released it last year with the console and just said screw it, whatever. But you know, they took the time, uh, made the game better, polished it, and everything like that. So you know, it was definitely worth the risk that they did take, as well as uh, you know, doing the fan service on giving it like a free to play for uh, everybody to be able to play. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yep, I echo all of that. I got nothing special else to add. That was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Halo Infinite. I mean, spoiler uh, alert, guys. You, you may or may not be hearing more about Halo Infinite um, later in this episode. So, moving on to the next topic. <laughs> I miss with you. All right. So, next topic, of course, we got the sleeper of the year uh, with. Uh, 
our picks, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. When we saw this game at E3, we looked at it and we're like, this game's going to be hot garbage. There ain't no way they're going <laughs> to... <laughs> they, they made Avengers. There ain't no way this game's going to be good. But let me tell you guys, you know, when I saw that game on sale for $25 at Amazon, I, I had to jump the gun because it's 25 beans. And let me tell you, this game definitely is worth the full price that, like, you know, any game charges nowadays because the story was amazing. The narrative of it, you know, the RPG elements of like building everybody's trees and, you know, using your own partners, like to your own will, since you are like the captain of the crew is like, honestly a great, like aspect of the game as well. Um, I do like the decision-making the way like affects everything that like itself adds another element to the game that like a lot of games nowadays don't really do as much. And even if they do, it doesn't, like, sometimes it's just not as good as the way Guardians of the Galaxy uh, does it. You know, it's a very great, well-rounded game. Sad to see it didn't get nominated for the, you know, the other Game of the Year awards. But, you know, if you guys still, you know, questioning about the game, I think it's still on sale. So if you guys, you know, want to pick up the copies, I think it's like 30 beans. But um, like I said, great overall story. The game looks amazing on next-gen consoles with the ray tracing and everything. So... Um, definitely like a sleeper of the year, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. you pretty much, uh, you pretty much said it. You know, at the beginning, like we all saw this game at E3. I'm, I'm sure there's there's footage of it since we did all the the live streams of all the conferences. And I think I think Laugh there was like it. a split moment <laughs> where I was like, "Huh, this is interesting." But generally, I think we were all like, "Yeah, it's probably ain't gonna be very good if it's Square Enix." And yeah, we we definitely ate our words on that one because this game is very very good, very good. I mean, we were mm-hmm. we were even talking about it in the the game of the year conversation. You know, in the conversation, They're not 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 for me, not particularly high up, but you know, Manny Manny had strong feelings about it, which uh, we understand, mm-hmm. as I'm sure if you guys heard any of our other episodes, <laughs> you would know he's he's really loving this game. Um, but yeah, man, I. It definitely deserves sleeper of the year. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Very, very yeah. good game. So, mm-hmm. I never take games like this seriously ever. So, yeah, <laughs> that said a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. <clears throat> Give it to them. They deserve it. You're good. You're good. You're good. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. What's the next topic here? What is the next one we got here for myself? Hold on. Ah, so. Uh, you know why I like this topic right here? Because a lot of other award shows, they don't got the balls to do this kind of uh, topic and just call a game out or call out devs like how we about to do. This one is L of the year. And we don't like having to do this shit. We don't like having to do it. We don't. But we must. It needs to be done. We must. <laughs> and I'm going to throw in an honorable mention before I actually get, give you guys the the thing that we voted on. I'm still looking at y'all a little bit, Nintendo. I'm just saying, I, I ain't got no specific thing to get on y'all about, but my eye is on Nintendo. I'm just letting y'all know. All right, but aside from that, um, L of the year, it brings us a lot of, a lot of sadness to have to say this, but Battlefield 2042. We gotta talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason 
as to why this game was voted upon as L of the Year. It honestly has a lot to do with the expectations. At least that's what it had to do with for me. Battlefield 2042 was announced, and everybody online was like, oh my god, dude, this is the one. Oh, Call of Duty, better get ready to pack your bags, bro, because Battlefield's coming, right? That was like how everybody was acting. And, you know, with fair... You know, with, I think there was fairness for them to feel that way, is what I'm trying to say, because, you know, the trailers was in. Trailers looked dope. And Battlefield as a, as a franchise isn't a bad franchise, but they've always been behind Call of Duty in a sense. And we all knew Call of Duty was coming with this weak-ass Vanguard game, right? Sorry, weak because it's weak. <laughs> but we all knew that it was coming. So in my head, I'm like, yo, this is like the year. This is the one time where I'm like, yo, yo, put your foot on these dudes next, man. Put your foot on next and let's go. Let's get it. And I, this is not even me speaking for myself. I, I, would, I would argue a lot of people feel this way. Like the game just didn't hit how it was supposed to hit. And that's not to say maybe you want to improve over time. It's still pretty fresh. It's been, what, two months? Um, game's very, very fresh. Much room for growth. But I thought it was going to kill COD. Mm-hmm. I thought this was going to be the year where they really started to feel the heat and said to themselves, man, this game was so good that I have to come up with something now to really please our fans. That's what I thought was going to happen. And then it was going to force COD to like really step back into the circle and be innovative and new and different and now have this power struggle between what's the best FPS game, at least Army Simulator-wise. Mm. And yeah, it just, ah, man. It didn't do it. <laughs> it didn't do that, you know? So, unfortunately, again, uh, maybe maybe it'll get better, but Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that. Oh. You know, when one thing I was pretty upset was, like, of course, one of the things I first checked was, like, what kind of weapons this game has to offer. And I was really upset to see the slim pickings of what you're allowed to get in this game, especially since... We're talking about uh, like a multiplayer only, you know, war like experience. And it's like, all right, so everybody's going to run around with the same weapon pretty much because like we're pretty much offered the same thing. And it's just kind of annoying because like, you know, Battlefield 4 had an abundance of weapons and I love the different varieties and, you know, the way um, people did their thing. So, you know, I was kind of hoping for the same experience, but then it's like, you know, I think there's only one LMG in the game, and it's like, I, I love using LMG weapons, and I was just so disappointed, and that definitely hurt personally. As well as the whole operator system, like, it's a it's an okay idea, but I feel like they should have probably saved that for their hazard zone mode and, like, stuck with the regular, you know, regular stuff that they had with the... Uh, you know, the regular support, medic, assault, and all that classes, because even though, like, it's a good idea, I just feel like the way Battlefield or EA um, handled it just didn't seem right. It just felt out of place, and, you know, that could also cause to, like, many classes being OP. Like, I remember, I forgot his name, but the Raishu class out here eating, like, literally, like, tank missiles without dying, so, like, you know what I'm saying? But, um... Yeah, like, and it sucks because a lot of people can say, oh, down the line, the game will be good, but, you know, you don't pay $60 for a game that is going to be good six months later, you know what I'm saying? You pay for now, and 
like Chris said, you know, we thought this game was going to take the FPS throne with Call of Duty Vanguard being meh, another World War II game that we nobody wanted. And, you know, of course, like at the time, like Halo wasn't released. So we thought this was going to be it, but it just wasn't it, sadly. And uh, yeah, there's a no. <laughs> I personally am not going to be that harsh to it. Um, I really enjoyed Battlefield 2042. I still think it's a, a good game. I do think there's a lot of room for improvement, though. Um, like, you know, a lot of a lot of things that many mentioned, I would agree with, except for the, the operator thing. I, I like the different operators, and I think they should just really tune them better. Like the fact like what, what you mentioned about the ride shield guy, that really just shouldn't exist, regardless of because because if you didn't have the operator, the ride shield would just be a thing that would be within the classes for you to pick so that problem would still exist regardless if you had the operators or not so True. i feel like that's that's more of just a tuning issue but <clears throat> i do think um i don't know it almost from all the information that we're hearing about the game after it's been released it went through a lot of development issues and i'm hoping and i understand exactly what manny said right like it's it's a 60 dollar game you don't buy a 60 dollar game for it to eventually be good but Knowing that Vincent Pella is like kind of at the helm on Battlefield now and can really kind of steer the ship correctly, I'm hoping that we get a much better product. Like the thing, the thing with Battlefield games is they're not like Call of Duty, right? You're, we know that next year there's not going to be a new Battlefield game, or if there is, it would be like an offshoot of it. It's not we're not going to get a, a brand new Battlefield installment for another couple of years, so they have time to really you know, make some changes and do things that the community wants. So <clears throat> it's not just a, a cash grab every single year, like call of duty can turn out to be. So, um, you know, with that being said, hopefully we get a turnaround and we start seeing certain things that, um, were rumored to have been in development. Like there was supposed to be a whole tsunami on a couple different maps. Um, like, like a lot of the, the environmental stuff that we talked or that kind of showed showed up in the game, like the, the hurricane is probably a tornado or whatever you want to call it. It's probably the biggest like appeal. And it's, it's very interesting and cool when it happens. But um, there was a lot of stuff that was left on the drawing, uh, the cutting room floor, like earthquakes, tsunamis. Um, I think they, they had like a different idea around the, the rocket that launches in one of those maps. Like it was supposed to do more damage to the map and change how the map looked entirely. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that those things come to fruition. I'm hoping that, you know, more weapons come down the line because it almost seems like they want to set this up as a seasonal model. I do think they should have reduced the price of the game, if not made it free to play, if you were going to do all those things. But, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, they're, they're here now. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if the game did go free to play within the year. But I feel like there's a lot of problems that come with that, too, because a lot of people will get pissed off and you have to find ways to mm-hmm. appease the people who paid the $60 or $70, 80 really. Um, and I don't know how they can cleanly do that, but I do think it would be in their best interest to go free to play and just kind of figure out the, the, all the logistics later. But I do think there's a good game in there. Um, but at the same time, because of the expectations, I definitely would agree. It does. It should take L of the year for that regard, because it, it did have super high expectations. It was supposed to crush Call of Duty and and be like Battlefield's, you know, march back into mm-hmm. the limelight and it just it fell short it's that simple you know um at least especially from public perception side of things right like it was the the worst reviewed game on steam for a time mm-hmm. might still be you know like that's that's not what you want out of a 
a marquee franchise like that coming back. Like it's supposed to be a triple A game. Like the last thing you want to hear is that it is the worst reviewed game ever, especially after like Cyberpunk released last year. And we know all the controversy mm-hmm. around that. So interesting to say the least. To say the least. <laughs> gotta take it. Yeah, yeah. They gotta take the L. Gotta take it. But it's 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 more about what they do after they get the L, you know? Like hopefully they really fix it yeah, and get course. another no man's sky situation mm-hmm. or something. Of course, of course. But moving on to more positive things out here. Um, we got uh, you know, we talked about L of the year. We're gonna have to talk about the dub of the year, right? Mm-hmm. So if any of you've been watching the podcast from pretty much day one, <laughs> I don't think this is gonna be a surprise. We talk about this shit every fucking episode, pretty much. Uh, the dub of the year, ladies and gentlemen, is Xbox Game Pass. Um, I would, and the Xbox Game Pass is what we agreed upon. I would take it a step further and just say the dub of the year is the whole Xbox brand. I feel like um, they've really de- delivered this year, like with a lot of content, news, um, you know, and, and just to take it back to the whole Game Pass thing, right? Like we knew that Game Pass was, was going to have a lot of um, big first party games day and date. But this was the year where we started to really see more third-party games get into the conversation, right? The biggest one, in my opinion, um, had to be uh, MLB The Show. Like, that was a that was huge when that came out, right? When, when the news came out that that was going to be on Game Pass day and date because that's a game made by PlayStation Studios, um, you know, and it's, it's really the only Major League Baseball game in town. And the fact that you could get that on Game Pass for you know, $10 a month, whereas the competition who makes the game didn't have something equivalent to that. That was huge. That was, that was everything. PlayStation fanboys were out here mm-hmm. on Twitter, just crying. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. bro. Just completely <laughs> crying. Well, we got the dual sense. Like, all right. Yeah, cool. That's fine. Go pay $70 with the dual sense. That's great. But we got this shit on game pass. Like we're not, we're not paying, we're not spending $70, you know? Which is crazy. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was just a big deal. And then, you know, what, what else we have? We have we had uh, Outriders. I mean, that was that was hit or miss for some people. But the fact that it came out, the flight they, simulator, they, bro. flight simulator was huge. Um, mm-hmm. Back for Blood, that was huge. You know, a, a lot of yeah. really big games. Obviously, you know, we ha- we talked about it already, but the first party stuff. So like Forza dropping, like you said, flight simulator dropping, Halo mm-hmm. Infinite, yeah. the campaign on that, like just really really big games this year and then mm-hmm. the stuff that, that microsoft showed us at e3 and you know uh, around the, the course of the year like uh redfall we're going to be getting next year starfield we're going to be getting next year just knowing that the ecosystem is locked in with some really really great games coming down the pipe first mm-hmm. party alone and knowing that now microsoft is really investing in getting some of the third party stuff in there um, you know, the fact that that EA play is built into Game Pass now, that's a big deal. You know, we're going to be getting more of that type of stuff. So, you know, I have to say as a whole, just Game Pass just killed it this year. So that's simple. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I can agree. Um, you know, like you said, they brought out their whole model with the, uh, what, like six months, six games or whatever. Yep. So, like, they brought out all those bangers, Flight Simulator, Psychonauts 2, Forza Horizon, uh, Back for Blood, Halo, all great games, you know, even, you know, Psychonauts actually a Game of the Year nominated, so, like, it's not just, like, crappy games. We're talking about games that are, like, actually great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's definitely a big step in the industry, you know, and the more it gets popular, of course, there's going to be more clones that try to copy it, 
hopefully someday we get a PlayStation version that actually is better than PlayStation Now or whatever it's called because that's obviously not as good as um, Game Pass where they don't even have exclusives coming in day one. But uh, yeah, shout out to Microsoft. You know, taking a big risk, but you know, definitely earning a great reward for it. For sure, for sure. Yeah, damn right. Chris, you, you had anything to the it's Game Pass convo? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's undisputable. People get mad if they want to. They can say we talk about too much if they want to. I don't give a damn. <laughs> facts are facts. I don't give a shit. Listen. All right? <laughs> it, it, what are you going to say? If we're talking about Game Pass alone, can't say anything. And then in terms of broadening it out like how you did to the whole Xbox brand as a whole, again, Indisputable. And this is not even us saying that Microsoft, um, Sony sucks or anything like that. We're strictly just focusing on Microsoft's growth here within the last year. I would say it's pretty safe to say that, you know, some of the arguments before about them not having any games are done. If you notice, the argument went from, y'all don't got no games, to now it's now, you guys don't have any narrative-driven games. That's that's where the argument is now. Mm-hmm. Right? Moving the goalposts. Exactly. But now going forward into this next upcoming year, like I said it a couple episodes ago, I don't care what nobody says. The first one that's going to really make people shut the hell up about that stuff is uh, Hellblade. When that drops, we don't tell me that that's not in the same breath <laughs> as a God of War and shit. Don't tell me that because I'm going to argue you. I'm going to argue you and I'm going to tell you, give me some facts here. Because yeah. <laughs> like, they just don't, don't find something else, man. They just the don't post will always it. move. It'll always move. They'll be like, your controllers don't have adaptive triggers. <laughs> and then, yo, I'm, I'm telling you, that's something uh, we get get a little ahead of ourselves because this is something we're gonna talk about next week. But my expectations for 2022, I fully believe that the the Elite Controller version three, that's just gonna have adaptive controls. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Oh yeah, we're gonna see that shit mm-hmm. in 2022. It's gonna be mad weird, just right, like. Yeah. Going from non-adaptive to like adaptives, and <laughs> I mean, we gonna be but, used to, it, right, man? We got our PlayStation controllers. We gonna be used to. It. You're right. You're right. You're right. As long as they don't That's come with drift, gonna be like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, they want to copy a little bit of it. You know, just don't copy the drift part. That's it. You know, <laughs> I've never had a drift thing with the Xbox controller so yeah. far. At least yeah. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't had it either. So they just they I just keep everything else the big, same. It, I heard it was a big issue when it first came out, like the Xbox One, mm. but I never personally had a drift issue when I had an Xbox controller, so I can't say I agree with that. I've had but that's issues like, with my Elite controller, the buttons. I've had the Elite controller. Issues. I think the Elite controller was the worst one, though, because, like, yeah. you know, you pay the most price, but that's like, I heard a lot of people say they had drift on that, and it's like, why? But... But yeah, it, it still didn't seem as widespread. Or maybe it's just because not as many people got the Elite controller, but I don't feel like I heard the resounding issues that I heard with like the PlayStation 5 drift. But then again, I think it could just all be perspective because maybe PlayStation 5 came out. Maybe that's that's something else too. But also, yeah. I think I think part of it might be PlayStation 5 had just come out. It was, you know, like literally a brand new oh, yeah. thing and they were already hard enough to get. So like having to replace your controller probably... Kind of hurt, rub people the wrong way, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, on to the next topic. We got to talk about the best storyline. And of course, we collectively all agree that Resident Evil Village takes down the crown for this 
game has an amazing story. Um, you know, did a great job ending Ethan's story as well as like having everything be all brought out together the way they like um had you just confused and like as you're going through the story like as they unveil everything you're just like oh that's crazy <laughs> like and you know not only that great boss battles um you gotta have those in resident evil games like and it's not like all one-dimensional stuff like you know they had like multiple sections all had like its own kind of like taste to it or characteristic to it so it's not like you're, you're playing the same game like you feel like you're in just like just not different universes but like it's like as if you're going through things differently and it's like it just messes with you the whole time really enjoyable um and it was like honestly just like a great ride all around and honestly if you haven't played it i would say definitely pick up visiting village it should be on sale now anyways definitely is mm-hmm. shout yeah. out to chris redfield shout out to shout out to ethan <laughs> man shout out to ethan my boy ethan um chris's daddy <laughs> but yeah i i definitely you know i'm i'm big obviously resident evil fan we, we know this if y'all have been watching um I really have to say, man, like Resident Evil Village is definitely up there with one of the, the best Resident Evils in the series. You know, echo everything Manny said, you know, obviously the, the storyline was absolutely amazing. Um, not only the way it wrapped up Ethan's story, but also the way it tied back to the origins of Resident Evil and, you know, certain companies that I won't name. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just it's just interesting, like the the way that they kind of showed the origins uh, like like this is in essence the the eighth mainline game but now you're really starting to dive into like the origins of what made all of this what it is like very interesting um all while while introducing new enemies uh many you know you talked about the, the bosses and you know bosses isn't usually something that we talk about in a storyline but the way that they fit into the story like it was like there was a reason you were fighting each boss the way you were fighting them because it made sense for how they wove into the story. Like there was, it was just deep. It made a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I mean, I, we're, we're talking about it, so we'll just get into it. But like one of the best moments in the game was like the psychological horror side of things where it felt like you were like in resident evils version of PT. And like, that was easily one of the, that, I mean, I don't, I don't get scared at these games that much anymore. Easily the biggest scare of the game. <laughs> Easily the biggest scare of the game. Uh, when you have a fucking giant penis-looking thing running at you and out, out of fucking nowhere. Scary as hell. <laughs> it is scary as hell, man. Fucking <laughs> mutilated penis-looking thing that you had no idea was coming. It was like run, pause. Put no pun intended. Okay, I see the way you put that. Oh, oh man! Oh, <laughs> nah, but like they're they're teasing that like something's like house. coming to get you, and you have no idea that it's gonna be this fucking ugly ass looking thing. And then you turn it, you turn a corner, take a couple steps, and everything's dark. And the next thing you know, you got this thing wiggling towards you. It's, mm, mm, ah, I don't even think about it. That if shit I was streaming, up. I'd probably still be stuck in that part. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I had to pause that shit. <laughs> I paused it so many times, and then like it was, it was yeah. just like instinctual, bro. It was what, what's the button? Was it back B or back A? Yeah, back B, That's dude. It. Instinctual, bro. I was like, 
boop, I'm turning around. I'm out. I'm out. Like, I'm not, I'm not dealing with this thing. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I was watching somebody else's playthrough, and they instantly started shooting at it. I was like, nah, I'm not even doing that. I, I'm gone. You're not going to see me. I juked it. Yeah, it was, it was something else. Chris, you got to play it, man. You got to get to that part. Oh. Well, I don't know if I want to get to that part. Hold up now. You need to. <laughs> See what we talking about. Oh, I don't know if I need to. I believe your ass. Yeah, I, I take your words for it. Golly. That's <laughs> <laughs> the scariest shit I heard in a video game in a long time. Yeah. Quite yeah. Yeah. Very scary. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, but yeah, we got we got two more topics to go, so... Chris, you want to hit us off with the next one? Uh, okay. People, best graphics. You know us here, where where we're pretty, we're pretty hard on graphics and stuff like that. You know, we we count that very heavily in terms of all the games that we talk about. Except for some reason, Elden Ring. I don't know why we talk about that. But anyways, best graphics of the year. This game, yeah, it's got more than this best graphics. I'm going to be 100% real with you. But if we're just talking graphics, no game, in our opinion, be Forza Horizon 5. None. I remember when the game first came out, right? Game first came out, we played it. I was like, yo, the only thing I could see graphically that was a little bit off, and I just meant a little off. I don't mean like, oh my God, that's blown out was when you get your car dropped off to you and you could see the rendering kind of happening a little bit here and there, or maybe like a dropped up frames, a couple mm. here and there, okay. where the car gets let, dropped out of the plane, but as soon as it hits the road, it's like it's a fast fix. Whatever they got going on in their background or whatever, it's really, really good stuff. Because <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people are even going to catch that. Most people are going to be like, no, that shit looked good as hell. And it, it did. It did to some <laughs> degree. But... That's the point I'm trying to make here is that the fact that I have to be nitpicky about it to find some kind of flaw in what the graphics were. I, I still, uh, other than that, can't really think of any other thing that uh, could have looked better. I don't know. Maybe the, the dumbass signs that they make you knock over. Y'all could have maybe made them signs look better or something. <laughs> I don't know if it was those or, or what, but like the environments are lush and beautiful and photo real and I'll in majority of the cases in the game, especially when you're actually going through uh like wildlife terrain. Not necessarily not wildlife, I shouldn't have said it like that. Um the terrains in the game that are more grassy and more tree based and leaves mm-hmm. and all that kind of shit, that's where you truly, truly, truly see where the graphics in the game shine. Um the way how the water looks while you're driving through it, all those kind of little things, man, they knocked it out of the park. But it, it, it was it's almost like the full experience if we're talking about Forza. I don't know, maybe we'll tweak it next year to something like best experience or something and maybe have it include graphics. Because I really feel like Forza just gives you everything to immerse yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, you could say most, most immersive, best immersive. Yeah, yeah, it just, man, it just really, really did it. Really, really, really did it. Everything from the way the cars look, the way that the engines sound, the way how the cars feel on different terrains you're driving on. And that's all dependent on the type of car you're driving to. And they all have a custom sound that changes with mod kits you add. Like, dog, there's just so much shit that they put in this, man. That it's just like, like, how do you pick something different? 
But nah, nah I, we got to give it to Forza, y'all. Ain't nothing out there beating this graphically. And mm-hmm. I think about a lot of the racing games that I've seen over the last few years. You can't show me not one Need for Speed. You can't show me one Dirt game. You can't show me one Drive game or Drive Club or whatever the hell any of these other racers are. You can't show me none of them and tell me even where they're halfway as good as how Forza looks. Yeah. Period. I think the last thing that that looked as good as Forza was the previous Forza. So (laughs) (laughs) just one up themselves, you know? I remember when uh, pre three when uh, Sony showed uh, Horizon Forbidden West, we're like, yo, this game look crazy, bro. Like, this is the best looking game. Then a couple of weeks later, <laughs> Forza had it was like a week later. Like, oh my god! Oh yeah, oh, yo, it was crazy. Yeah, I, and, I, oh, go ahead. I, know I was just gonna say, like, I I distinctly remember us watching Microsoft's press conference and like they, I mean, they knew what they were doing, right? Because they would show you. <laughs> like the 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 scenery basically and it was like you you were supposed to think like oh that's a that's a dope picture and then boom they showed the car like zoom by and it's like oh shit that's the game like they knew what they were doing bro that easily that's like one of the most beautiful yeah. experiences to date like ah mm-hmm. ah and i can say you know like force is one of those games that you know make 30 frames look amazing because like playing in dynamic uh, mode compared to performance. Like, performance, you get that arcade feel, but, like, when you're playing a dynamic, it, more feel, it feels more like a cinematic racing experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks so realistic, and it's just honestly, like, in my opinion, plays so much better as, like, a game, even though, like, a lot of people shoot for frames nowadays. Like, you know, it's, like, one of those games you can enjoy, like, you know, playing that dynamic mode. I definitely agree. It looks better, like, like basically being in the 30 frames, but I don't know if I would say it's arcadey. Like it feels real good to play in 60. It feels good. But oh yeah. Well like 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 I said, like 30 frames like gives you that more of that cinematic feel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then like the 60 frames like okay, this is like a racing game. In my opinion. You know what I'm saying? I feel you. I feel you. It's definitely like the, the aesthetic versus the, the gameplay side of things. So yeah. I, I agree with you for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, best best graphics, definitely a big, big category. I I like, Chris, that you mentioned, like, I mean, I, I do think we may want to tweak it to say, like, most immersive because graphics is a huge part of immersion, but there are a lot of other elements to it as well. Like you mentioned, the, the audio is a big, big deal. Like, like it, you know, it's a reason that game uh, was nominated. And I think ultimately won audio design. Did they win audio uh, design? Yeah, or was yeah that... I think it did. We'll double check. I, that I, want to say I, it, I think it was that. Don't quote us on it yet. <laughs> Don't quote us on it, but I think we might. You know, let's let's check. Hold on, real quick. <laughs> Checking right now. Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. If it it made the yeah. it really made sense because I mean we talked about it right like the audio in the game, <clears throat> like you could hear a car like whizzing by you from like. You know the other shoot over and just yeah. yeah it's very 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 good very good job you guys ever experience when like you do the whole skin to skin i think that's what they call it or uh paint to paint mm. something like that mm-hmm. yeah where you're Trading like this paint. close to the other car yeah, yeah, yeah. even that audio is different and it, it has that whole closeness factor to it in your in your headset bro i'm telling you man everything in the game oh yeah they thought of it all yeah oh they did, incredible. They did. 
But alas, we uh, we get to the the final final topic, the final uh, award for the night. It's of course, ladies and gentlemen, the game of the year. So the uh, the XPP Expansion Pack Podcast Game of the Year goes to none other than Master Chief, Halo Infinite. Um, you know, Forza Horizon was up there though. We were talking about it a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. I do. I think almost had to go that way. Yeah, I do think it's <laughs> it's been getting snubbed. You know, around the industry, like it it should have got at the Game Awards, it should have been nominated, but. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll tip our cap to Forza for sure. But Halo Infinite has just been an absolutely amazing experience from the multiplayer to the campaign. Uh, just just been a lot of fun. And, and in, in a way, kind of a surprise. Um, I think I think if you were talking about like maybe five. Six, almost 10 years ago, you know, it'd be a no brainer that Halo would be like a game of the year worthy thing, but. You know, they've had some stumbles in the past. Halo 5, you know, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in some ways, Halo 4 wasn't exactly what people were hoping for, although I do think it was a solid game. But yeah, Halo Infinite, is it's huge, man. It's its definitely bringing the world back to what made Halo and Master Chief and, and Cortana, you know, great uh, in the past <clears throat> from the multiplayer side, like I said, and the, the campaign side. So, you know, I, I mentioned it before when we were talking about the, the biggest payoffs and the biggest risk. <clears throat> everything that Microsoft has done top to bottom with this game from, you know, graphics, from audio design, the fact that the game is in a massive open world, um, the RPG elements to the game, like they just, they really killed it. And obviously mm-hmm. there's a lot more to come. Like this, this game will be the Halo game for a while. You know, I, it's called Infinite. It seems like maybe they they may be a little tongue in cheek with the idea that this might be the last Halo game we ever see. Who knows? Um, they they clearly talked about the fact that we're going to be getting a lot more stories wrapped into this Halo Infinite world. So we'll be revisiting uh, Zeta Halo multiple, multiple times. Um, obviously, they have the free-to-play multiplayer stuff with the Battle Pass system. They need to reiterate the campaign co-op. They have to iterate the Forge modes. So I think there's a lot that we'll still be getting from Halo Infinite within the next, you know, three, four years. Um mm-hmm let alone, you know, all the things that they have to introduce next year. Like, like they, I think they said, um, we should be getting the ray tracing edition next year too. And like, you know, we were talking about the game is already beautiful. So you're going to add ray tracing into this thing. Like we might have to start talking about next year. This might be the best graphics, you know, depending on how yeah. things go with Unreal Engine 5 and whatnot. Although if, if uh, Hellblade drops next year, I don't think, I think that's, that conversation is dead. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Bro. Yeah. yeah. Hellblade is something else, um, but Ooh. who knows? I mean, who knows? We thought we thought Horizon was going to be the best looking thing ever, and then obviously Forza hit. So maybe we're going to see some other crazy stuff next year. But yeah, as far as Halo Infinite goes, though, man, um, just absolutely amazing experience, top to bottom. And yeah, I mean, I've already said my piece about it, so I'm gonna let y'all guys talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely, I can definitely agree. You know, it's funny because like we're talking about how like. You know, we thought Battlefield was going to be the savior, the first-person shooter, fr- uh, you know, franchise or genre because, you know, Call of Duty is the same old crap, you know, and uh, Splitgate was having this little shine, but it, was, it wasn't enough. But then it's like, you know, Battlefield drops, and not even a week later, it's like, all right, you know, 20th anniversary, we're giving you guys multiplayer, here you go. And immediately, 
it was like positive reviews. Everybody was loving it. And again, like I said, like the most played game on Steam throughout for like the whole year on like basically a couple months. So like it's just crazy to see how much of a positive impact Halo has on the game community, which like you know, if it feels it feels like it's been a while since we got that, you know? Especially as like Microsoft like like the games itself, like Microsoft really brought out a good game for like the Xbox community. And not only that, they also brought the multiplayer aspect is like Steam as well. So like you know, if you have a PlayStation, sorry, but um <laughs> <laughs> well, go get an Xbox but, or a PC but, and go play some. Yeah, go get an Xbox PC, but like yeah, like I was saying, like the fact that they made it so accessible for everybody, like you know, you can play it if you have a base Xbox One. And I'm sure, like, the configurations, I like, I have a 2070 Super, but, like, I don't know how, like, how adaptable it is with other graphics cards below that. But I'm sure, like, you know, it's pretty much accessible to pretty much anybody that owns the Xbox or PC. And you don't even have to have the best of the best just to be able to play. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's definitely had a great impact on the game community, I would say. And which is why it deserves a uh, game of the year. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Refreshing. That's the best word that I can come up with. Because you guys are like Halo veterans, you know, so you guys mm-hmm. have a certain expectation coming into it, whereas I'm on a different boat. And for me, it, yeah, it's definitely like a refreshing thing just because mm-hmm. it's different than uh a lot of the other stuff. Like I'll be honest, I remember a couple weeks ago I told you I was like, I suck, man. Them first couple games, I could not get used to that TTK and, mm-hmm. and breaking a shield and all that stuff because I just wasn't used to it. No other game, in my opinion, at least that I've played so far, that's an FPS, makes you work for your damn kill. <laughs> like, you have to work for it in Halo. Mm-hmm. Like, and granted, I, I, some people are like, oh, man, the grenade thing is a little spammy. And I guess sometimes you can say that. But, like, even within that, you have to sit there and say to yourself, I'm entering this engagement. I got to use my grenade in a way where I can help myself get this kill off faster. You know, it's not like a, it's not a cheesy thing where you could just throw the grenade and just get a one pop kill. It, it, everything in Halo is within tandem with another thing. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that's what I mean when I say it's just a different way to kind of make your mind focus on it. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? It's just different. Um, shout out Splitgate though, because I know you mentioned Splitgate, Manny, and Man, Splitgate was really fun for a couple weeks, man. And and of course it was never gonna be allowed to live <laughs> when Halo dropped for real, but in the little bit of time that they got to shine, man, I had some fun on Splitgate, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can ever go back in and really try to do a couple other things to individualize their game a little bit. Um but shout out to them, but yeah, good. People over at three four three, they did their thing on this shit, man. It's it's a, uh, it's 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 refreshing. It's just damn refreshing. It's like a nice cold glass of water on a hot <laughs> summer day. Know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Know what I'm saying. It is. It is. It's refreshing. I agree with you, man. It's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like you know we talked about gaming got a little stale. You know, at some point last year, especially with the first-person shooter thing, you know, we were all talking about, like, oh, okay, I can't wait for Battlefield, can't wait for Battlefield, can't wait for Battlefield. Battlefield drops. It's like, so we're like, oh, okay, well, it's up it's up to Master Chief. He's got to save the day, and, and he did. He came mm-hmm. through, man. Came through for us big yeah. time. So, 
definitely uh, excited about Halo, excited to see where things go moving forward with Halo, um, you know, the new seasons and all the extra DLC that they decided to drop on there. But uh, that's that's going to wrap it up for the Game Awards. You guys have anything else you wanted to say about Halo or anything in general about 2021? it's funny man as we were making this episode guys at least for me it struck me like whoa shit so a decent amount of gaming should happen this year but then it's still been a very light year compared to some of the other years that we've had and compared Mm -hmm. to you know where we think we're going you know it's uh it's crazy how much content we actually had to talk about but then didn't have to talk about at the same time yeah. I mean, also, there's just a lot of stuff left off this list, right? Like, um, Ratchet and Clank was an amazing game for this year. It just, I, in my opinion, just didn't really beat anything else we had on here. Um, you know, Deathloop, we, we talked about Cult as a character, but, you know, Deathloop, we really didn't get a chance to talk about as a game as a whole. Um, Returnal was a game that, you know, people discussed. I'm, I'm not going to go and say that it deserved a lot of the conversation, but you know, it is something that people talked about. Uh, You know, there was, there was a lot of big games this, this year, but you know, not all of them necessarily rose to the level of best anything necessarily. Um, But you know, it is what it is. This, this was our list. This is the thing we put together. Um, you know, first annual one, so we'll definitely be doing this again next year. We'll revise it. Um, you know, let us know what you guys think in the comment section, of course. You know, if there's a, a category you guys want to see us talk about next year, um, well, you know, some any ideas that you guys may have, you know, we're, we're definitely all ears. We'd love to hear what you guys think, and we really appreciate you guys listening and watching. Um, I think that's about it for this this one, guys. That might be it, y'all. We won't do our normal outro because, you know, it's not it's not an official episode. But, of course, you know, we appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to like and subscribe. Um, give us the feedback, as we mentioned beforehand. Check us out on social media. If you guys are watching on YouTube, you, you see our, our socials right down in the, the bottom corners. Um, and, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in the new year. We're going to talk about some expectations about 2022, what we're excited about, what we uh, may expect to have some issues with. So it'll be an interesting episode and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you guys next year. Happy New Year, guys.